0: It's Monday, April 15th, and this is TikTok. A big hello to all of our listeners. I'm Andrew Mock, and this is your TikTok podcast with all the global news you need to know. Today we're talking about an unusual story that's shaking up Hollywood. That's about the labor fight between the television and film writers and their agents. Late Friday, negotiations between the unions representing both sides broke down over how writers' pay is handled. That led to the Writers Guild of America to take a drastic step, It told its 13,000 writers to fire their agents. Many of Hollywood's biggest names did so, and we know that because they posted about it on social media. Actor and writer Patton Oswalt was one of many who took to Twitter to stand in solidarity over the financial disputes. I have an amazing agency that represents me, he tweeted, but I have an even better guild which stands for me. While this dispute is one that goes back decades, the approach this time is new. So what's at the core of this issue, and will the production of new TV shows and films be affected? Joining me to unpack this story is Anusha Sakui. She's an entertainment reporter for Bloomberg News based in Los Angeles. Anusha, thanks for coming on. Oh, my pleasure. So this story seems quite dramatic. One industry essentially fired another.
1: It's something that has been... Uh, bubbling for at least a, a year or so. Basically what it is, is a, is a kind of contract dispute between two guilds uh, that represent on one side writers uh, in Hollywood and on the other side talent agents. It's effectively from last year, the Writers Guild, which has quite a lot of power in terms of you know, sort of regulating who can work for representing um, writers and to protect writers' interests in the city and in this industry. Last year, the WGA, the Writers Guild, said that they wanted to renegotiate a pact that has been in place for about 40 years, which basically dictates the working arrangements between talent agents and writers. And that sort of been the backdrop for what's happened over the weekend, it's sort of been something that's been bubbling up over the past year.
0: So, I mean, at the center of this is essentially how writer's pay is handled. I think our listeners might be familiar with the idea that agents may have traditionally taken 10% of a writer's fee when they get hired, uh, but now there are these so-called packaging fees in which an agent makes a certain amount based on this sort of package of talent that they're giving to a studio. So are these packaging fees anything new in the industry?
1: No. So what's happened is that over time, the agencies have become bigger and are now owned in part by large private equity firms. So that has a couple of impacts. On one side, the agencies, you know, we have like four big three or four big agencies that dominate a huge amount of activity in Hollywood. The impact of having a private equity investor means also that some people have more impact on looking at the bottom line and driving more money through the business and that might, um, some writers uh, feel that maybe that's part of the driver to, you know, not being so focused on the relationship. The other thing is that because agencies have been growing, what they've done is that they've grown into um, areas such as... producing and financing their own content so when we talk about just packaging you know it's not just putting groups of you know writers and producers and showrunners together um, to make a TV show or even you know it exists on the film side as well Um, it's also the fact that these agencies will also be investors in these shows it's it's sort of multi-layered and on one level you know the, the writers you know principally are concerned that the agencies interests in terms of how they get paid in these transactions uh, for packaging fees where they get paid by the studio um instead of being paid as commissioned by the writers for representing them and getting them deals is skewing the agency's interests and creating these conflicts of interest where they, they feel that their agencies haven't represented them properly. And that's why these guilds exist in the first place, to protect you know, creators in Hollywood.
0: So where are we at currently with the writers? As we've seen over the weekend, a, a lot of famous Hollywood talent did fire their agents or, or tweeted and, and, and said that they were firing their agents. Uh, but the writers aren't necessarily on strike yet right
1: right so what the writers guild does is it says okay here are the groups of agents that we think um are you know okay to represent you and that they have to abide by a, a, a code of conduct and um you know these agencies have not agreed to a new code of conduct and that's effectively how this is being negotiated there have been some over recent weeks some offers by the group representing talent agencies to give a more equitable slice of the financial interests in package shows to writers um, for example giving more of the what they call the back end uh, payments, uh, to writers. So, for example, after the show is made, you know, the revenues that come from uh, come afterwards, uh, and that they can get a percentage of that. And part of that as well, that was controversial, among some writers, as they were expressing themselves online was that the agencies had dedicated a bucket towards funding diversity uh, initiatives. And some writers had felt that that should be something that's going on anyway, it's not something writers should be having to necessarily be paying for So that effectively was rebuffed, that that offer, and what it resulted in is not a strike, as as you say, but by having writers inform their agents that because they no longer abide by this code of conduct um, that's set out by the the Writers Guild that they can no longer represent them, and we've seen like major names like you know even Stephen King say you know despite my agent having worked for me for you know tens of years and having a great relationship with them, I have to you know stand with my profession um, and. them effectively Um, and we've seen some very big names in the industry do this and um, share you know these forms um, that are like almost just a paragraph long that they faxed or you know emailed to their agents and you know taken a picture of and posted online to show that they're doing um and you know seen from writers of like you know modern family and the question is then how much is that going to affect? You know, uh, the writing of shows and creation of shows, especially in this period now where, um, we have a pilot season, the taking up of new shows by, by the networks is a particularly active time, uh, for that in, in, in the year. And it seems like it's not going to be the final point, obviously, right? There were some reports that the agencies were hoping that there was going to be a greater negotiation before this kind of drastic step was made. Um, so, Question is whether you know there's more negotiations um, to improve the terms that agents offer, um, and to you know build a bridge back with the Writers Guild, and you know hopefully resolve the situation. This has happened before. You know, back in 2007, there was a major um, you know a breakdown um, in the Hollywood system, as it were, with writers, and uh, it you know a solution was found, and at the at the end of the day. Typically, it's not uncommon in any area of business, when writers are most at need, which is gonna be around this period, that they can use their greatest leverage.
0: Well, let's talk about where this leaves a lot of writers who did just recently fire their agencies. I, I wonder what good is a writer without an agent, and who might have the upper hand uh, when it is the writer who's essentially doing the work, but the agent who may be getting that work? I mean, are writers able to act as their own agents here?
1: That's the whole point, is that I think for a lot of writers, that they felt that agents were getting, you know, a huge amount of the money, whereas the writers were having to do all the work. And we're seeing a huge amount of, you know, wealth creation amongst the agencies, you know, talking about Endeavor, you know, doing a, an IPO, which will potentially be huge payouts for its, its founders if they, if they choose to take that. Um, so I think that's very much in focus as well for the writers. And for big writers, they're known, they have, on top of having agents, they have business managers, they have lawyers that do a lot of their negotiating for them rather than, you know, just agents. So they will probably be fine because they have so many people acting for them. The question is, like, for the smaller ones, if they're going to be getting the same amount of work because they won't necessarily have the same amount of visibility or people campaigning for them.
0: You mentioned The Last Strike, which is in 2007. Obviously, now we've moved into a new era of television, the so-called peak TV. I wonder if writers' pay reflected that boom of this, you know, cultural interest in TV?
1: Well, that's the thing is that it seems that from some of um, the information that's out there that, in fact, uh, writer's pay has gone down. Amy Burke, who is a a successful writer in in Hollywood and who's been one of the vocal ones um, on social media trying to get out, um, you know, messages about, um, you know, the, the view of writers in this Fight, um, said that for many writers, even the most successful, these, these amounts of money that are being negotiated over can be the difference between living well and barely living that, that writers' income you know, has been has been reducing and uh, you know we have seen some of this some renegotiation to do with the way that writers and uh, the, the way that writers are paid so for example, one of the structures that has changed is like for example, you know um, if you 're with the rise of digital streamers like Netflix um, because they're often doing one or two seasons upfront and then maybe shorter than your standard broadcast season that, uh, that that often writers were finding that they were getting paid less. So there have been some renegotiations to make that a bit more equitable for writers. So we have seen a, a form of each evolution, but nothing as drastic as this.
0: So obviously a very complex issue, and it it seems very deadlocked at the moment. I wonder, to close, what happens next? I mean, do we have any sort of indication if one side may budge? Where do you think we go from here?
1: I think, you know, you have to have um a a new offer put on the table from the agencies i think that's probably the most likely thing that will happen because at the end of the day you know someone else can step in and do uh, probably fill in the gap of of that work right i mean there's always someone in hollywood who's willing to um uh, find a solution to make a deal work that's that's my experience um so i think that that's at least the hope for a lot of for a lot of people that i see when they're speaking about this publicly um but at the same time, you know, that there's a lot of passion on the side of writers that they are heard and that they are, um, you know, that they are treated fairly in this. Um, so I think, you know, at some point that we'll see further negotiations before potentially some resolution and a new deal.
0: All right. Well, we'll be following this story as it develops. Anusha Sikui, a Bloomberg News entertainment reporter in Los Angeles. Thanks for speaking with me today. Thank you. Turning now to other news making headlines, here's what's happening. A massive fire ripped through the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. Police said it may have been related to ongoing work in the building, which has been undergoing an intense restoration process. The fire even caused the spire atop the 850-year-old monument to topple. That was also in the middle of a $12.4 million revitalization project. One Parisian on the street told reporters the event represented eight centuries of history going up in smoke, adding she doesn't think it will be built again. You can see full coverage of this all over our social feeds on TikTok. The report we've all been waiting for. The Department of Justice says the redacted report from the Mueller investigation will likely be released on Thursday morning. Attorney General William Barr previously said Mueller did not establish the president's campaign engaged in a criminal conspiracy with Russia and did not conclude whether he obstructed justice. At issue, though, is the redactions Barr will make in this new report. Cardozo Law School professor Jessica Roth says he'll make clear why he's redacted some parts. What's particularly interesting here is that Attorney General Barr has said that he will effectively color-code the redactions so that Congress will know what his what the basis is for redacting each part, and then they could contest that. And so I think that's what's likely to happen next, is we're going to see a subpoena from Congress to get the redacted material. That may wind up eventually in a court of law for a court to rule on whether the redactions are proper. It's tax day in the U.S. where millions must file their tax returns to the federal government or seek an extension by the midnight deadline, and several prominent politicians use the day to point out that President Trump still has not released his tax returns. Hillary Clinton tweeted that millions of Americans will put tax checks in the mail today. Meanwhile, the Secretary of the Treasury and the head of the IRS continue to refuse to turn over Trump's tax returns to Congress for reasons even they can't clearly articulate. Today, White House economic advisor Larry Kudlow told reporters not to hold their breath. The president is uh, not releasing his tax, re- tax forms today. It's under audit. He's submitted hundreds of pages. You know the arguments. This administration has no intention to weaponize the IRS the way the Nixon administration did. And finally... Our enemy doesn't tie.
1: Doesn't stop. Doesn't feel.
0: Winter has ended for TV fans, HBO on Sunday aired the season 8 premiere of Game of Thrones. It's the show's final season, and the opening installment aired in 170 countries. If you haven't watched it yet, don't worry, there are no spoilers on today's episode, but suffice to say there were plenty of heartwarming moments and gruesome sequences that have made the series so popular among its fans. And if you're one of the many looking to fill the Game of Thrones hole in your TV schedule when the series is done, check out our list of shows jockeying to take its place. You can find that on Twitter at TikTok. That's your TikTok update for Monday. You can find out more about all of the stories you've just heard about everywhere we are. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and check us out on Instagram. Thanks for listening. I'm Andrew Mock, and make sure to download our podcast every weekday for all the global news you need to know.